Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Easter weekend is the perfect time to catch up on biblical movies about Jesus Christ. I spoke with Ewan McGregor in 2016 about playing Jesus in the indie film Last Days in the Desert, as well as his most famous roles from Train Spotting to The Phantom Menace to Moulin Rouge. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, this movie, uh, it's a story that a lot of us know, but uh, you know, maybe a slightly different take on it. Um, so it's the biblical story of Jesus fasting and praying in the desert, 40 days and 40 nights. And I understand you play both Jesus and uh, Lucifer in this. Um, sort of, a, if this was Bergman, it'd be, you're like the, the chess match against yourself here. How do, how do, you, how do you play both of those roles? <laughs> well, um, you, you approach it, um, how I did it was I approached it being very daunted by playing Jesus and spending most of my time worrying about that and thinking about how to how to you know portray somebody uh, who's known personally and uh, in a very deep way by so many people in the world um which is kind of a daunting feeling as an actor um and I spent most of my time thinking about him and then really realized once we got down there uh, in the desert of Anzaborego to shoot that I hadn't given the devil very much time <laughs> given him very much thought at all so um but he seemed to come a little bit more naturally to me anyway. I don't know if that, what that tells you about me. But um, You had more practice playing him it was, already. Uh, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a very, very beautiful experience. It was lovely to uh, work with Rodrigo Garcia, who I knew and liked. And he's a, he's a really brilliant filmmaker and somebody who makes... He's made choices to make the films he makes and keep control of them and has never sort of... isn't a director for hire, but a, really a director of... Was an artist, and he was teamed up with his old friend, uh, Emmanuel Lebetsky, who's won the Academy Award the last two or three years running for his work as a cinematographer. And so to be working with them on this script, which was such a interesting look at something, it's a, it, is a, it is a film about... Um, oh, sorry, my daughter's just going to school. Goodbye. <laughs> um, it, is a, it is a film about... <laughs> sorry. No, it is right. a film about... Jesus in the desert during that period, but it's but it's it's really a film about fathers and sons. Rodrigo sat down to write a film about fa- fathers and sons. Rodrigo has a sadly had a, a very um, powerful father. Um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez is Rodrigo's father, and I think he was writing about the, that relationship. I'm not, I'm not suggesting he was writing about his own relationship, but the relationship between a son and a very powerful father. And he ended up writing just about the most, the biggest and most powerful one of all, which was Jesus and God, and um, invented a story in, in, in within that period of, 
um, when Jesus was in the desert, which isn't really covered very much in the, in the Bible. There's not a great deal written about it. So we don't know what was happening there other than he was tempted by the devil, I believe. And, um, so he's focused on that, and the scenes are really, all of them, I think, an exploration of the father and son relationship, or a, per, a parent and child. And in some of the scenes, I felt very much like the son, and in some of the scenes, I felt much like the father. So um, it, it was just an interesting exploration of something. Great writing, great people involved, and I think we made a really good film. You're talking about Jesus, and you're not, and you're talking about the son and the father. I think there's a lot of analogies there. <laughs> um, so we've... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that plays in naturally. Um, so, I mean, we've seen a lots of different um, Jesus roles over the years. You have your traditional ones, you know, like Ben-Hur or Max von Sydow, Greatest Story Ever Told, that sort of stuff. Um, th- but then you have your, you know, your sort of your, your tortured final days and last temptation of Christ. And then even the one that I think might have even got close to cracking that nut was uh, Gospel According to St. Matthew, sort of this, you know, Marxist socialist before even, you know, turning over the, 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 the money tables and all that, and, you know, and it might not even be recognized nowadays by a lot of people who, who claim his name but um what what's so out of all those different different sort of versions sort of what was what was sort of your angle on that compared to those well i think what we didn't do was set out we weren't we never ever set out to make our gospel movie we we, we didn't set out to make a film about jesus it, it wasn't the point i think that the films you've just cited are films that are telling the the gospel story of jesus and um I mean, maybe not, maybe not the last temptation of Christ, which was surrounded in such controversy. At the time. <laughs> right. But um, I did, we didn't set out to make it. It's, 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 it's Rodrigo. I've done a lot of press with Rodrigo, and, and he, he says, you know, you can, you can, you can think your films about whatever you think it's about, but if you put Jesus as your leading figure, the film's about Jesus. Right. And um, he's, sort of, he's sort of right there. But we didn't, we never, I didn't think, and he didn't think, we never set out to be making a story about Jesus um, or making a gospel film. Right. What we did was set out to make a film about the exploration, I think, of this parental-child relationship. Gotcha. The, the leading figure happened to be Jesus. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. I spoke with uh, Emmanuel Lebesky at, at, at the Oscars right after he won for Revenant um, backstage, and um, uh-huh. and you mentioned he's he's won three in a row. It was uh, Gravity, Birdman, and Revenant. But uh, what was it like working with him? Was this your first a Was this your first time with him? A- and b You know, sort of like how does he work compared to other cinematographers you've been with? I mean, it was my I know Chivo because my ki- our kids go to the same school, so I've known him um, as an acquaintance for years, and. Uh, I like him. I mean, he's, he's always away working, so I just see him very rarely. But I, um, I like him, and I like his uh, style. And then watching, I think I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what his style was because I think he adapts to everything, every story he's telling. I think gotcha. great artists do that. They they morph themselves or their their. So in our case, we had very very little. Um, we I didn't even know if we had any lights. I think we didn't. We we tried never to use. Oh yeah, we had some night scenes around the campfire. So during the night scenes, there was a few lights, but really we were in the middle of the desert, and um, you can't, we couldn't drive trucks in there or anything. So there was no, there was really no lighting. And during the day, he only used available light and um, you know shading or reflecting or whatever. But he used the sun to light with, and I think it was just amazing to watch his artistry. And then how how. Um, how important it was to be shooting in the right light, so at the right time. 
you know, in the mor at um, we would be there at four thirty in the morning, waiting for the sun to come up, and then we'd try and shoot a scene in that morning in that light, just as the sun was coming up. Yeah. So there was a really interesting um, the impact that the that his work, his expertise had on the actual shooting of the film was it was hand in hand. I haven't seen that maybe before where. You know, we would shoot a scene in 20 minutes because the light was great, which meant that was fast. You have to work <laughs> yeah. quickly. Um, and then we would sit and wait for hours till the light was right again. So, um, yeah. And Rodrigo, our director, grew up with Chivo, and in actual fact was his, was, used to be his camera operator. So they, they're, they're in the same world. They come from the same world. And, and the Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know we're up against the clock, so we'll probably have to make this the last one. But um, if you can't tell, I'm a big movie history guy, and I love sort of, let's extrapolate, even McGregor, out where this role sort of fits in your career sort of a thing. Um, you know, you're always ahead of the curve. Um, you know, without Trainspotting, there probably wouldn't be <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. Without Moulin Rouge, that kicked off a whole era of musicals. Let me throw out a director's name and, and give, me, give me just a quick rapid fire uh, on the way they work. So Danny Boyle, what, what do you take away from him? Danny was my first director, and I because um, I worked with him on Shallow Grave, and I worked with him on Train Spotting, and then I worked with him on Lifeless Ordinary, and I'm about to work on with him in a two weeks time on Train Spotting Two, which we're shooting in Scotland. Um, he sort of taught me how I've just directed a movie, and he sort of, although I worked with him 20 years ago, he sort of taught me how I think it's done best, and um, I copied uh, or used a lot of his. I'd rehearse with the actors alone on set. I, I would bring the DP in, and, and then I would show the crew before we shoot it. We, I, would re I tried to rehearse before shooting with the actors. There was just some sort of really basic things that he does. He encourages you to have something to aim for in every take. He doesn't just say one more, one more, one more. He's giving you things to reach for. And um, as an actor, that's very satisfying. You come home feeling that you've, you've done your best work with him. Did you pick up elements yeah. from, from Baz Luhrmann and George Lucas as well? Like, what elements did each of them teach you as a director? With Baz, Baz definitely, because he, he's a wonderful uh, fantasist and, an, and a great imaginator and, um, and a wonderer. And, and I loved his spirit and, and that anything's possible. And um, I do, like, I loved working with him very much, the, and again, there's something about his exploring through takes, allowing you or encouraging you to keep searching for different um, flavors in, in, a, in, a, in a scene during the takes, which is really good. George is a different ballgame because it was so technical that Star Wars films were a very technical exercise. And um, I, I, I would never, I didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would make a film like that myself, like a, a green screen type movie like that. So um, that's a much more technical thing. Definitely. Working with him. Definitely. All right. Well, yep. we'll, we'll, we'll cut you loose, but thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we're a big fan, and I think uh, movie history will remember you kindly, sir. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.